Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. A great episode for you right now with a United States Army veteran and buddy of mine now for, God, 12 or 13 years. We're getting old. Pete Hegseth whom you all know from Fox and Friends, uh, where he is a host on Fox and Friends on the weekends. You know him from various shows all across uh, Fox News and Fox Nation. Mr. Pete Hegseth, first time on the What's show. Up, Welcome. How you doing, man? It's good to talk to you. Dude, good to, good to talk to you. Do you remember we were just like, you know, a couple of kids, stars in our eyes, you coming out of the, out of the military, me coming out of the CIA, we're doing some TV stuff, and it's like I mean, 2011. Let's correct. I mean, we're both kids, but you were the pro. You and Will Kane were the pros on that show when I came on it, on The Blaze, on Real News. I mean, you were the established five-day-a-week host. <laughs> and I was beyond intimidated. I had no idea what I was doing on TV. So I was in two days a week learning from you guys. Yeah, it feels like forever ago. But it was kind of the, like the original five. I mean, it was a real deal. Yeah, no, we had a great time on that show, Real News on The Blaze. Um, Will Kane, Essie Cup. Uh, Amy Holmes, me, you were regular. Jedediah Bila was a regular back in the day. 
We had Guy Benson on a lot. Yep. We had Katie Pavlich on. I mean, you go through Carol Markowitz. Like, I think about all the Kaylee McEnany. Like, I sit here and go all Kaylee McEnany. Who all else? These um, on Hannity all the time. Sarah Carter was on all the time. Oh, yeah. Sarah. She was a contributor. She was actually was a, a Blaze. Uh, she ran the Blaze documentary unit for a while. Uh, she's she's an awesome lady. I'm a big Sarah Sarah Carter fan. So it, it was a, it was an amazing time, and obviously I I always say a, a debt of gratitude from all of us to Glenn for creating for a platform sure. where young guys like us could get a start, right? But now here you are, Mister Fox News host, Mister I see him sometimes hosting in the eight or the nine as a guest host and uh, doing weekend Fox and Friends with our buddy uh, Will Kane, and um, I'm wondering how you how you see things right now in this uh, the beginning of this election year. Is Joe Biden 100% going to be the Democrat nominee? Yes or no, and why? Uh, no, not 100%. I think it's greater than 50, but it's no to 100%. I mean, anything could happen. You saw what happened at the Air Force Academy. Something sadly or tragically could happen that could actually disable him, but it's, you know, there are discussions happening behind the scenes. And at what level and how large and how far and wide, I don't know. With Kamala Harris behind him, there has to be real doom or fear, at least at some level, um, of, of what would come of that. Uh, but I think they really believe with a culpable media that they could pull off basement 3.0 and tr- hope to run a foil against Trump and then exercise their machine of ballots versus voters and try to pull out a weekend at Bernie's re-election and then do the thing about the Biden presidency is that, you know, he talks about it being the dullest presidency of all time. Well, it's the radicalism happening under the surface and throughout the bureaucracy uh, that loves the dullness because it looks smooth on the, on the top, even though it's a disaster, but underneath a lot's happening. So I think they have a lot of incentives around Biden to keep him right where he is. I always think, you know, that old term you'll hear sometimes, bromide for you know the chemical that is an anesthetic and knocks people out uh or uh you know i'm not an anesthetic what is it anesthetic is kills the bacteria anyway i think it it like uh yeah i'm talking about right yeah i know Um, what you're talking about anesthesia but thank you biden is that (laughs) it's like oh you have a boo-boo you put you know uh analgesic anesthetic um biden is essentially a bromide um by convincing people that this old man is he can't be that radical he's been in politics for so long and to your point how different are the policies now and i always say um how different are the policies than what you would have gotten with pretty much any you know even say like an elizabeth warren or i would even argue a bernie sanders presidency bernie sanders the tax rate thing probably wouldn't go through because the Democrat apparatus, you know, has enough fancy donors who would fight against a mm-hmm. massive, massive tax increase. And Biden and Bernie spending really isn't all that different. He wouldn't be able to get through if you had a Bernie presidency. He wouldn't be able to get through Medicare for all, as he calls it. Like that wouldn't actually happen. It would blow through. So I just feel like, yeah, the, the left is in charge and Biden is the facade. He is the the front man. That's why there's no serious challenge. That's why there's no serious primary challenge. I mean, if he had gone in and been any sort of a remote 
moderate, the guy he claimed he was, which he never was, he's always been a partisan, he would be facing three left-wing progressives going at him. Instead, they're all silent. They're all on board. You got, you know, Marianne Williamson and RFK Jr., who they're going to ignore and not debate, even though he's at 20%. This, this, is, this is, you know, what was it, 19... 19- 76 is when is when uh, Reagan primaried Ford. You remember that? I mean, that was that was le- legitimately a grassroots conservative movement saying, no, 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 we don't want this non-incumbent incumbent president because he's not who represents us. He represents the radical left. So why would they challenge him there? They won't. And uh, they believe that because of 2020 and 2022, that maybe they can even gain seats and get even more radical. So why? Change the guy who's letting it all happen under the scenes. You're totally right. Now, between Kamala and Gavin Newsom, if we're just looking off into the future, who is the future of the Democrat Party? As in, who you know? Remember, it's uh, remember remember Ghostbusters. Is Ghostbusters? Would you say one of your favorite movies growing up? Would it's you a good put it movie. In? It's a good movie. Good movie. Oh, okay. He's not going one of his favorites. I'm not going all the way. No, okay. No, it's not. not my I would jam. go top ten personally. Like I would say Ghostbusters for me as a kid was a top ten movie. Um, but remember the scene where they're like, choose the form of the destructor. <laughs> they go with the yeah, Stay Puff Marsh- Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I mean, if you had to choose the form of a Democrat destructor, is it uh, is it Gavin Newsom? Is it uh, is it Harris? You know, who do you think? Because Biden, look, just father time is going to weigh in here at some point. Biden, after whatever happens here, isn't going to be the guy. So who do we who do you think we're up against going forward as the de facto leader of the Democrat Party? So I'll give you the, the no, the likely and the sleeper. So the no is Kamala Harris, for sure. I mean, everyone knows it can't be her. The likely is Gavin Newsom. Like, he looks the part. He'll explain away California. He talks their talk. He'll cravenly do the things the base wants to do um, and be smooth enough to make it look like, you know, he's the return of of JFK. So that he he would be a likely standard bearer coming out of with all that money out of California. And he'd have to explain away his record, but he'd just say the work isn't finished, Buck. I mean, the, the progress is, yeah. is hard. It's just like, and takes just like the old Soviet yeah. Union. You just got to wait so, five more years, man. It's just they're just not done yet. Five years and five trillion away from utopia. We're, we're almost so that would be his argument. But the sleeper is Wes Moore, uh, governor out of Maryland, um, black guy, young, really? army vet. Uh, they take it to the bank, Buck. I'm telling you, he he's had a couple of best selling books. He's beloved by kind of the Manhattan uh, mainstream media uh, elite crowd. He's smart. I don't know what he's done in Maryland. I just, I being in the vet space, I've kind of, you're kind of aware of people. And when I watched the way he steamrolled the primary and then won the election in Maryland and the way they've elevated him, the way he was already on TV, take, watch him. He could be the kind of guy that in 2028 is a standard bearer for the party. And you know, I'll tell you, first. people, I, I never discount these things. I mean, in this case, you know, I mean, you're Pete Hegseth, so you know some stuff about some things. But I will tell you, man, years ago, I did a radio station event in Fort Wayne, Indiana, okay? And one of the regional hosts, re- regional hosts who was also uh, you know, an iHeartMedia radio host, guy came up to me and, and he said he was a host in uh, South Bend, Indiana. Now, th- I'm, ta- this is, I'm trying to think of the year. 
This is Trump presidency, maybe like 2016, 2017, early Trump okay. presidency. Okay. And he pulls me aside and he goes, I, I just want you to know him. His name is Casey. So Casey, ever here is watching Casey. He's a host in South Bend, Indiana. I'm just bringing this up because who do you think he tells me about? He goes, just so you know, the mayor here, Pete Buttigieg, thinks he should be president is going to run for president and is going to be a national figure for the Democrats. And I remember I looked at I looked at Casey. I was like, dude, like the mayor, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. It's like, what's next? Like, you know, the, the you know, the, like I, I sat there as like like the dog catcher from Bangor, Maine or something like well, who, who is going to be in charge? Going? And sure enough. Sure enough. sure enough. So you can't, you know, some people can pick this uh, early on. They can understand who's he a wrote a book and- called The Other West Moore, which is about another the, the trajectory of people of his generation. Another kid that looked like him that went into went to prison. I don't know the whole context of it, but I'm just telling you, he's known amongst the known class of the Democrat Party. Um, and I haven't heard him speak on the stump, so I don't know about that. But they're going to be looking for somebody young, fresh, new. Uh, who can who will do yeah. their bidding and he's a hard lefty that's really uh, interesting we'll take well i'm going to look more into we'll his see. background this westmore guy who's the governor of maryland and and see uh because I, I i understand man this is the the democrat what, apparatus what you, is we're, we're in the kind of moment where i, I don't think it's going to work on the republican side i'm sure we'll talk about this but a guy like vivek ramaswamy who kind of showed up on our network, wrote some books talked about his corporate background made a bunch of money i heard him give a speech at a fox nation event a year ago. And I remember watching him thinking that guy's going to run for president. Like he's super ambitious, very smart, and will do nothing but good for himself by, by having a national platform. I don't think he's going to win, but he's going to elevate. And there's always one or two of those that you didn't see coming. Well, so Pete, see, we run into an issue here. And um, that is everyone in the audience right now. Uh, they're just like, oh, I like Pete Hegseth. And everything he says seems sensible and smart. And he's a patriot. Uh, we're going to have to at least throw a little bit of a wrench into that by asking you to weigh in, <laughs> uh, by asking you to weigh in on the Republican primary and what you see going on here. But uh, first here, a word from our sponsor. If you're worried about the direction of the economy and you think that you want to diversify, take some action today to protect some of your assets against a very uncertain economic future. I think gold is the way to go. Gold is good. It's solid. It has been a store of value for really all of human history. And the value and stability of gold as both an investment and a hedge against inflation has been proven time and time again. So has my precious metals vendor of choice, the Oxford Gold Group. I've been investing with Oxford and speaking about them for years. And this is the gold vendor that you can trust. I mean, why not have some gold and silver on hand? It's a good diversified tool for your portfolio. And you can call the Oxford Gold Group right now. Talk to them about the size of the assets you're working with. And they'll want to create a long-term client out of you. So they'll send real gold and silver or gold or silver, both, whichever, to your home discreetly and securely. And they'll help you build up a intelligent position in your portfolio. Call the Oxford Gold Group, 833-430-BUCK. 833-430-2825. They make it easy. They've been at this for a long time. Call the Oxford Gold Group today. 833-430-B-U-C-K. All right, Pete. So we're, we're back from the sponsor there. Tell me, um, tell me how you see the GOP primary playing out. And just, we all understand, 
you are going to upset some primary voters, but go ahead. That's fine. I, I we we're in the business of upsetting people. I'm going to I'm going to try to step back as objectively as I can, Buck, and I'm clearly biased. I've I've been a big big supporter of President Trump for a long time. I don't see how anyone else captures a plurality, let alone a majority of the Republican base after what has been done to Trump post-presidency. The be- the two biggest in-kind donors to Trump are the FBI and Alvin Bragg. Uh, it, they have reinvigorated the sense that they tried to prevent him from running. They tried to stifle his entire presidency, and now they're trying to put him in jail and prevent him from running again, which reminds them that he's been the one willing to fight the way no one else has. And, and that's one part of it. The other part is, I don't see how a DeSantis, it really is DeSantis. I mean, maybe there's someone else that will sneak up there. I don't see you how really you just gonna, read, you're really just going to throw Asa Hutchinson by the side of the road there, buddy. You know, you're not well, team Asa. Maybe Burgum. Okay. Maybe Burgum. Maybe team Asa and Burgum. You never know. You never yeah, know. I mean, there's so many people who have zero rationale, but lots of consultants. Uh, sure. Everyone else running, Buck, you know, is running on the premise that some some nuclear bomb's going to go off. Something's going to reshuffle the entire race and and create a free for all. Something would have to happen to Trump in that scenario. Or they're running specifically to just be on the right side of history running against Trump. It's all nonsense. So if DeSantis would have to find a way legitimately to indict Trump, be better than Trump, and wait, can I just be clear? You, you mean to, I don't see how to, he does when it. you say indict because like that. No, I, means mean, so, <laughs> I mean, impugn. You, I mean, right. impugn. Impugn. Because yes. we'll talk Other about people, the indictment in a second. Impugn his record, go after his personality without going at his base. I've heard people say it's 25 percent. Maybe it is. It's, I think it's the base is higher, 30, 35 as a core base. And then you've got a floating 20, 25, 30 that are pro Trump, but kind of. Uh, what did he say? But this those is the, this is the voted for him twice, but not sure they should vote for him a third time contingent. But this contingent keeps getting pulled back to him because of two things. What is continues to be done to Trump and that I just don't think DeSantis has shown up to be the type of candidate they thought he would be. And so the closer you look and I like DeSantis a lot, I think he was a great governor. But the closer you look, he's not. Um, as spectacular or as good as people thought he was. So I, and the more candidates that it get in, the more it dilutes um, the opposition to Trump. I, I'd need someone smarter than me to, to truly lay out absent a massive change. And we've seen a lot of things that should look like massive changes in the past for Donald Trump that haven't manifest. Absent that, what a real path is to winning the nomination against Donald Trump. The only, I guess the only one I would give it, I'll toss it back to you, is the ability to gather support in an early state, in Iowa, New Hampshire, or South Carolina, that creates the perception there's a real opponent. I mean, I think Trump is going to lose in Iowa. I think he's probably going to lose in New Hampshire. And then I think we're going to see who's actually going to win the primary after that. I mean, Ted Cruz won the primary against Trump in Iowa in 2016, and we all saw where that went. Now, why do you think he'll lose in Iowa and New Hampshire? Um... I think he'll lose in Iowa because the caucus system is, first of all, the kind of voters who are there and the caucus system is its own. It's funny. Every time that it, it's like Iowa time, everyone starts reading on the caucuses and everything else. I think that organization wins the day there. Um, and the 
campaign that is going to be sort of more organized and, and on it is likely to pull. You know, when I say on it, I mean precise, detail oriented and playing the system that way. I think in New Hampshire, it's just a function of you have more. I mean, look, you know, Sununu's the governor. I mean, you have more of these moderate Republican types and less of the base. So I think that'll be a tough one for Trump. But who's going to gather that moderate lane and take it? Like you could see it in 2020, 2016. You could see. Right. Well, you, Cruz I mean, Ted Cruz winning Iowa people. in 2016 didn't surprise anybody. You could see Cruz appealing to people. You could see Rubio. You know, he won Minnesota. I remember that. you yeah. could see him. Is it DeSantis or is there, is there a third candidate you're looking at that says, wow, that guy or gal is going to bust out? No, I mean, it's tr- it's Trump or DeSantis. I, I Look, I think DeSantis will do well in Iowa. I think he'll do well in New Hampshire. And then I think the real, I mean, we got to remember, dude, Joe Biden was trailing in the early states mm-hmm. as well in the Democrat primary. So that's not to say, oh, well, like I, right now, I think you could probably get Vegas odds three to one in favor of Trump winning. I think that maybe two to one, but like I think Trump winning the primary is the likeliest outcome. I'm just saying, I think that Iowa is probably the place where you'll where you'll see an early DeSantis win, and New Hampshire might be a little bit a little bit tougher. I don't think did uh, um, I'm trying to remember did Trump he did win New Hampshire right in 2016. I'm trying he to go did, off. and if I'm mistaken, the polls show him up unless I'm mistaken up in Iowa and New Hampshire yeah. right now. I think so. The polls, I know it's early. I think the polls at this point, you know, are a little bit of a again. Pete, the good news is we'll have you back on. And we could talk about whether I'm right, I, on, I, I'm right I, or wrong on this I, prediction. I, so my, my prediction think, would be Trump, I think, wins the primary. I just think he might lose a, a state or two before it gets into the big and you know, I could Super be Tuesday. Clouded. I could be clouded in my judgment, Buck. Who, who knows? But I think it's over by South Carolina. All that, all that really matters is who wins the primary, right? I mean, it's not like, yeah. like no one cares about Jeb's one delegate. Remember that? Jeb got, he spent $100 million and he ended up with one delegate and uh it was jeb exclamation points that was his thing i mean that I'll was quite that was it um but what, what i'm wondering about it and, and uh we'll have a word from our sponsor here first but we'll come back in a second i want to ask you the question about um what is it that is trump's way to win against biden in terms of the independents the swing voters etc we'll get to that in a second take the guesswork out of where you're going to find the energy and focus to make every day a solid one Rely on Chalk's male vitality stack as a solution. This is a supplement made with only all natural ingredients. The leading ingredient has been proven in studies to improve testosterone levels in men's bodies by some 20% in the first three months of regular usage. That's a source of energy in a man's body, testosterone, focus, drive, energy, all of it. There are many benefits that come from consumption of Chalk's male vitality stack, and it just helps you maximize your day. You're going to find Chalk products online where you can buy them directly and establish a relationship with the people at this Texas-based company. And they're prepared to give you 35% off of your Chalk subscription for life when you order now. Go online to Chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Get that 35% off when you use my name, Buck, in your purchase process. That's Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Buck, for 35% off your purchase process. All right. Pete, let's return to this. How is it that Joe, uh, that uh, Donald Trump wins the voters in the keys? We know he's got the base. We know he's got Republican, you know, what was it, 97% Republican, 99% Republican approval, whatever it was. I mean, he had, you know, legitimately had like, uh, like the 
premiere like, of shoot someone of, on sixth avenue support yes of, yeah i mean premiere of like kazakhstan or whatever level support <laughs> among the population like it's like 99 percent win in the in the uh in the election anyway um but how does he win those swing voters in georgia uh arizona which you know arizona is not even so much a swing voters it's kind of like mccain gop voters how does he win back those and how does he get enough in pennsylvania to beat the democrat machine there which is unfortunately just a better machine than than what we have in the gop you landed on it if 2024 is once again voters versus ballots then he won't so I think that's why you're seeing such criticism of the RNC right now and focus from folks in the conservative base of saying this machine better be built to legally harvest ballots, to find out low propensity voters, find unenthusiastic voters on the Republican side and harass them the way the left does for eight weeks leading up to the election so that we, we're not going to go the next step of actually paying them for the ballot, which is what the left will do, but actually making sure because there will be such low enthusiasm for biden you know that you see what is it a majority of democrat voters don't even want him to run so it's not like people are going to run to the polls or run to send in their ballots on the democrat side they're going to rely on hunting down low propensity voters across the spectrum and harvesting their ballots using the covid protocols and having ballots beat voters um and so I don't think a victory is possible unless a machine is built that does it as well or better than the left does. Churches, gun clubs, outside supermarkets, whatever it is, finding people, registering them, and turning in absentee ballots uh, or, or ma- mail-in ballots in the way the left does. I, I don't mean, like that system. I wish we could get rid of it, but we better do it better. My, um, uh, and- I mean, our friend, Sean Parnell, buddy of ours, um, mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to him pretty extensively. He's got a great podcast uh, and I was on and, and we've talked about he knows obviously the Pennsylvania system having run for Congress and run run for Senate well. And he's just like, you got to understand Democrats have it, it's if you're thinking about this in warfare terms, they've got more divisions with more artillery pieces and more ammunition than the Republicans do, irrespective of the candidate situation. They just have better organization, better ground up ballot chase operations early voting operations all of it and to, you know to the point it, I, I think it's it's necessary if people understand gop's got to wake up to this because what you said about if it's if it's about ballots versus voters or chasing ballots versus chasing voters i mean we lose pennsylvania it's going to be really hard to see a republican i don't care who the candidate is in 2024 in the white house so that's a number one like it's not even worth talking about issues unless you can I mean, legislators should be safeguarding that ballot process, but they haven't been very good at it. And and so it's going to be about building the machine and building the machine in four or five states. As you said, Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, um, and I'm probably missing one in there, but it it's going to come down to those. And then I think messaging wise, I mean, you basically look back and say how I mean, a lot of it is an economic argument is what did your life look like um, economically when I was president vis-a-vis what you're staring at right now? I think that will be effective. Um, (sighs) Who who knows what could happen in between? I mean, you're you're the you're a national security guy, too. I mean, my goodness, any number of things could uh, could explode between now and then, too, which could make it a referendum on strength on the world stage, too. Well, excuse me, Mr. Army veteran who served in Baghdad. Let's come back here in a second and get your take. I want to know what you think about what U.S. policy should be. I appreciate your kind words about my analytic skills. I want to 
I want to hear what you think we should be doing in Ukraine. What shall we say the America first position should be starting with a Republican in, uh, in 2024. So we'll get to that in just a second. We're going to hear from our sponsor for a moment. Look, I know we've all got towels, right? You got to have towels. You're using them when you're washing your hands, getting out of the shower, the bathtub, whatever. But your towels get old and they start to not feel so good and they're not very absorbent anymore. And maybe, you know, you need some new towels or maybe you just want to replace the towels you have because they're never that good to begin with. Well, I've got a great deal for you. My Pillow's six-piece towel set, courtesy of Mike Lindell. The set comes with two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailing for $99.98. For a short time, you can get this set for $25 with our names as the promo code BUCK. That's over 70% in savings. $25 for a six-piece towel set is a great value. Keep in mind that every product from MyPillow comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. That tells you everything you need to know about the quality of their products. To find this offer, just go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Special Square to get this clearance price of $25 on the towel set. Go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, enter promo code BUCK, $25 is the price you'll pay for a six-piece towel set. Super absorbent, super soft. You're going to love these towels. Get it hooked up today. All right, Pete, what is the proper, and as I said, Pete's a, a veteran of, gosh, do you even remember the acronyms now? What is it? Was was uh was Iraq OIF and then OI Operation Iraqi Freedom right. and Operation Enduring Freedom. Yes. Yeah. And then and then Afghanistan was Enduring Freedom. Is it was that Enduring is, Freedom? And it was all the global war against a tactic. Yeah, global war I mean, and terrorism. I remember reading yeah. these, you know, reading cables a little CIA analysts made about this stuff all the time. And now the acronyms. My acronyms aren't as good as they used to be. But okay. All right. Anyway, Pete's a veteran of of Iraq. Uh tell me, my friend, what should we do about the situation in Ukraine, uh, de-escalate and end it. I don't. I don't think it's um, front and center in American interest. I, I don't think we have any interest in a wider war. Uh, the premise from the beginning was threatening NATO and European security with Ukraine being on the front lines. Does anyone really think Vladimir Putin is hell bent on going further than Ukraine at this point? I, I said a couple weeks in, this feels like the "give me my shit back" war. Um, from Vladimir Putin, and that doesn't make it right, but it also doesn't make it our fight writ large. And so I'm not interested in striking into Russia. I'm not interested in giving more heavy equipment. I think I don't like the fact that Russia did it, um, but spending all this money that we don't have and sending weaponry that we could otherwise could otherwise be useful more than Europe is doing, I think just continues the idea that it, they can they can. Uh, Right on our back. So so President Trump is starting a second term in uh, the beginning of first quarter of 2024, Pete. He sits down with Secretary of Defense Pete Hegseth, which, let it be known, first time I think that has been said on the airwaves, but (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. So he sits down with SecDef Pete Hegseth in our our scenario here and says, what do you you tell him? Give him... We'll continue the funding for three months pen, uh, pending negotiations, and then we would, we bring the funding for Ukraine down. What, what do you think the right move is, like the actual then, action? The actual action is if Europe believes this is a defense of their own sovereignty and security, then it's time for Europe to take not just the lead, but the entirety of this fight. So if you, if you believe this is existential to you, then you can back Zelensky, you can back Ukraine, you can fight this war. But we've been spending now by that point, 25, 30 years fighting 
expeditiously around the globe with very little to to gain, very little to show for it, let alone the disaster that is Afghanistan. So if, if you believe it's so important, take the lead. And maybe there's a, a, a taper off because it, it, you can't just say on day one, see ya, if they've been reliant upon certain things, but a very clear set of objectives that taper down, that put the ball in their court. And ultimately there's pressure for a, some sort of a divided agreement um, that um, doesn't, you know, you would, I wouldn't like to see Russia take over the entire country, but again, that's up to Europe. So you would, uh, a negotiated settlement or negotiated peace in light of that, I think would be the best case scenario. One thing I like to ask people, Pete, as we uh, finish up with our guests here, because a lot of stuff we talk about is pretty heavy, right? We're talking, you're, you're basically describing how we avoid not just U.S. involvement getting more, uh, more, um, Serious in Ukraine, you know, World War Three, nuclear exchange, like yeah, really, you know. really heavy stuff, right? Heavy stuff. And we're talking about, dem- you know, uh, a very bruising primary that I think is ahead of us, as well as a very difficult 2024 election. What are you optimistic about? Like, what are you seeing? I mean, you know, you, you're a guy who's, you know, you're married, you got a bunch of kids. What makes you think it's con- it's going to be OK? <laughs> yeah. uh, not a lot, but. <laughs> What what I am optimistic about is the depth of recognition that patriots, Christians, conservatives, whoever, have of the extent to which the left has captured institutions. And the one space I've been really involved in the last year is education. And I think we have a renaissance opportunity of an awakening of parents realizing that just sending your kid on a yellow school bus, um, because you did, is not going to end well. And so whether it's homeschooling or pulling kids out into classical Christian schools or other forms of, of more classical education creates the opportunity for a crop of young kids of the future who are ap- grounded in who they are, grounded in real history of this country, civics, um, and prepare the comeback. So I, because we're not going to win this in politically, we're certainly not going to win it militarily. And there's a lot of reasons to be pessimistic. So it's, I think the recognition of folks and then orienting their lives in a different direction, rejecting the sort of worldly inevitable cultural trajectory and saying, I'm choosing something else for my kids and my grandkids. And I don't know where that leads, but I know I'm not going to just be led to the slaughter uh, like our institutions are, are, are doing right now. And, and you didn't tell me this before, I guess I didn't ask, but, since you kind of turn your nose up at Ghostbusters a little bit with some of our, you know. Well, I know. I like the she version of Ghostbusters. I, I was going to say, Pete ain't afraid of no ghost, apparently. Um, so what is the best movie for Pete Hegseth? I, I made my wife watch Braveheart with me, which is my favorite movie, Pete, just recently. And uh, she fell asleep. So <laughs> that's what happens. You can't translate favorite movie to anybody yeah. else. I mean, three, it's three hours long to be fair, but she, she passed out on my shoulder and then I just got to watch William Wallace, you know, do his thing. Love it. Um, I grew up on sports movies. So I, I mean, my dad got me hooked on the movie, the natural, um, Hoosiers is one of my favorite movies of all time. Wait, I'll just, I'll narrow this down. What is the best sports movie then? If we're just doing genre, the best sports movie for Pete Hegseth is Clay and I have argued about this one. Actually, no, I think we agree on this one, but I mean, field of dreams absolutely kills me. Okay. I mean, I just love it. I think I fell asleep um, during that one. So really, I don't yeah, know. I'm, maybe I'm a sap a little bit. I'm a little bit of a sap. I mean, it's between the natural Hoosiers and field of dreams for me. 
um, favorite movie. I, I'm such a sucker. I don't have any real thoughtful I mean, takes. Charlie this, Sheen is turning over in his. I actually know he's not turning. He's still alive. Listen, Major League is great. It's great. Thank but, you, you know, Major League, I, buddy. Major League is that what you guys agreed on? Yeah, I I, I definitely said Major really League. Good. I think he said that's one of his favorites. The one that I always think people like a little too much is Rudy, because Rudy's great. See, see you love Rudy too. I sit here, I, I say. Do. You know, he was just okay. He got on the field because, like once. Like, who cares? I don't know. I don't really understand. Because like, I'm a Rudy, okay? I got in once, you know? I mean, there, people can relate. Not everybody's in the major leagues. I mean, Rudy did something. I don't know. I, I, like, I like Shawshank Redemption. I'm just a totally, I like Step Brothers. I like terrible movies. love Shawshank. Do you know that it is the most highly rated uh, Rotten Tomatoes movie of all time, meaning like the most audience audience ratings. It is the number one favorite movie of audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. It's Shawshank Redemption, which it, it when it's on cable and I'm surfing, it will catch me. I will I will watch if it's the right moment. All right. Well, Pete, can you just uh, promise us you'll save America and we'll let you go? Well, likewise, brother. We're we're gonna keep fighting, no doubt. Pete Exeth, everybody, look for him on Fox. Follow him on social. Pete, thanks so much. Thank you. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 